0: play it play it play it play it
1: we are gay like a fruit we are looking like a snack you are listening to fruit snacks midweek hump day
0: midweek hump day (laughs) um it feels like it's getting a little bit like cooler in the air it totally is and i love it
1: i've been having to turn off my ac in my car after like 4 p.m
0: well like 5 really Mm -hmm. do you drive with the windows down yeah Oh, that's why. I never like driving with. Well, it depends.
1: I think, like, when I'm closer to the water, it's nice. I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, hey, guys, I'm Brian. And I'm Bedhead Shane. And you're listening to Fruit Fruit
1: Snacks. Snacks.
0: We saw that you went to San Jose and did a little road trip. How was that visiting David?
1: I did. It was fun. The drive was like five and a half hours each way. And it was actually like, it went by really quickly and it was really nice. I like made a couple of FaceTime phone calls and caught up with friends, like mostly on the East Coast who I haven't seen in a while. But I also downloaded Hillary Clinton's audio version of her book Mm -hmm. um, that I started reading when I first got it like a uh, year and a half, two years ago, and then sort of like fell out of, I just like, couldn't, it was just like too much politics, but I actually really enjoyed listening to, I think she has one of those voices that's very um, recognizable mm-hmm. and I enjoy listening to like her, her speak through it. And um, so that took up a lot of time as well, which is nice.
0: Wait, when you do audio books, if you buy the book, do you get the audio version um... or do you have to buy? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, cause I know on Kindle, you can buy the book. Do you uh... get it on as a free audio i
1: i I got the app audible Mm -hmm. which is i guess produced by amazon yeah so when i bought it it's just the audio version
0: so you had you bought the book and the audio version well
1: i got one free audible for signing Uh, up so i was like let me just do this because i probably won't read this on my own i see yeah but my time up there was fun it was sort of like just a change it was i went up there a to see david but b to get like a change of scenery mm-hmm. um so like we really didn't do much that i wouldn't have done here like hang out lounge around watch sister sister but it was good it's good to like see him and his his parents yeah yeah
0: it's always nice to get away and have those kind of slow vacations i feel like mexico mm-hmm. was like that for me oh yeah where we literally didn't do anything but it was just nice to kind of get away and be in a different scenery yeah yeah
1: and that dance class that i took was fun Yeah, what was that? His friend is, I guess she was, I might be misspeaking, but she was, I believe, opening her own studio. Uh And then because of COVID, obviously, like, couldn't do any of that. So she's still been holding, like, for fun dance classes. And it's nothing, like, crazy technical or anything like that. It's, like, this dance that we did was more of, like, a Broadway-style Number And it was, like, just fun to do, like, a warm-up. And then we did, like, across the floors. And I say that lightly. And then we did a routine. And it was just, like, fun to, like... It was kind of weird and awkward because we were in a park. And there were people all around us. Yeah. So, like, we had this giant... She had this, like, giant speaker with her that we were playing music out of. And obviously, it was, like, calling attention. But also, I, I don't care. A, I'm not from that area. But B, I wouldn't care even if I was. And I'm being Wait, more active than people just where
0: you you... One of the worst dancers in the class or the better dancers? Oh, I was the best. Okay, that's why you didn't care. Because you're like, as long as I don't look as stupid as this bitch next to me. (laughs) Well, that's
1: kind of the fun of it, I think, is like David and I obviously used to dance uh, like full time when we were younger. So there's always that like rhythm that you have, but it feels very different as like a 30 plus year old. But there was a woman like closer to double my age and like she was doing her best to like keep up just as much. And I appreciated that. But I also, yeah, leaned on the fact that I was better than her.
0: (laughs) I'm a star. I have a resume. Check me on uh, (laughs) the streets of Disneyland. (laughs) Broadway may be closed, but I'm starting my own Broadway. (laughs) For me, this week, I got a second psychic reading, or actually, this is my third psychic reading, Mm. but I'll just like for my psychic person i just like text her questions and then Mm. i'm like no rush whenever you get a chance if you decide to like look into other people's stories look into mine and of course it's the same questions i was like career career wise what's my next move love wise what does that look like and then my last question was kind of out of the blue but i was like i feel really gassy and bloated how do i fix (laughs) that and she gave me a little bit of insight on each thing i'll try to blast is this the same person yeah it's the same person So all things – okay, see, when I asked for, like, career advice, I wanted her to be like, you need to work at CPK as a Mm. server, or you need to not do that because that's wasting your time, or look in this direction for something. But it was, like, none of that, (sighs) which this psychic reading, like, I feel like was – Still enjoyable to listen to, but it, I don't feel like it was as helpful as I wish it would be. It's more probably like a hindsight thing where yeah. I'm probably just gonna do what I need to, and then look back and be like, "Oh, I see why that could apply," but I don't necessarily think it gives me any direction as far as this first bit. Yeah. But for career, she said she sees three things: one being me on top of a like a, a cliff on a ravine, kind of like a Grand Canyon; mm-hmm. two, uh, me at the bottom of a mountain; and then three, me at the edge of a forest. The first one she said is that represents – well, first, all three, there's clearly no clear career path to go into. So she was just kind of like, you're going to have a couple different career mediums that, like, keep you sane. And mm-hmm. I was like, 100%. That's how I am. I have three jobs right now. Yeah. Like, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um the first one she said the the ravine she's like what what I what I saw was that you stepped off and when you stepped off you were in full control you were not scared that you were falling and then all of mm. a sudden you kind of took flight so that means you had very like um complete control of your entire flight like <laughs> flight attendant <attending>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she just said like this job represents like your stability in the sense that you can come in and out of it. And like, it's just like your kind of home base. And then she said the, the mountain is you're going to get to the top of that, but then you're not going to realize that you're climbing the mountain until you look back, Mm. which is kind of how I feel like my career is because I keep throwing myself. Like I just got certified in disc. Yeah. Yeah. I got my bachelor's. I got my master's. Haven't used any of that shit, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's all kind of circling around the same genre. So I feel like in some way that might be the case of this mountain she's telling. And then the last thing was that the uh, the forest that I'm gonna go through this forest and I'm looking for a clearing like a meadow mm. and I that one's more of a personal journey so I was like okay cool whatever yeah so none no information there <laughs> and then as far as relationship stuff she was like when I see people's aura and what kind of energy they're giving off she's like you're giving off an orange aura Mm -hmm. and what that means she says is that that's a red and a yellow mix so the red is passion and you're very passionate person and have a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. and the yellow means that you're bright and Mm -hmm. energetic so that's the energy you bring so the mix between the two is that you're energetic and passionate And they're like, what I, what she sees me with as a person is someone with green energy, who's more calm and grounded. And she said that this person is more connected to nature. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get my plant daddy. Uh, (laughs) We're gonna have all these plant babies. No, just kidding. But she said that this person doesn't really like going out. And, like, is more of a homebody, which already resonates with me because that's more of my style anyways. Even though I like to be busy, I like to be busy doing stuff, like, homely, not Mm. necessarily, like, club or drugs or party or whatever. And this person, she said, is going to be in the same vein as that. But she's like, the only problem with this person is that they're not going to be actively looking Mm. because they're more settled within themselves. And they probably are not going to want an energy like yours when they first meet you. Oh, because it's going to be a little overwhelming. And I was like, yeah. oh, 100%. But then that just puts it in my core being like, I have to find this person mm-hmm. and like make the first move. So I'm like, again, not what I want to hear. <laughs> so we'll see how this, if I actually choose to believe this or not. And then the last thing with bloat, she's like, I hope you like ginger. Oh. Because um, she's like, your spirit guides are telling me to tell you, you need to put ginger into your diet
1: mm, is that way of the ginger thing yeah <laughs> so she's
0: like ginger tea ginger like you know like sushi pickled ginger whatever yeah. the case is like put it in your diet and so that same night after i listened to that i went on amazon and bought like bottle of ginger capsules i'm gonna be honest i just take two pills in the morning and yeah. i literally don't fart anymore throughout the day that's good yeah i mean i still get a little bit of gas gassiness but she's like you need the ginger to soothe your intestines because what's what's it showing me is that your spirit guides are telling me you're Putting food in your body that is just satisfying your hunger, but not necessarily satisfying your body. Your body's needs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously like, don't put in like greasy fast food stuff in. But I think also in the sense, I do do that. I just eat to get it over with, not necessarily eat to like enjoy it. And Mm. she's like, you need to find stuff that you're like, no, I want to have this. Yeah. Yeah. So like a purpose. Mm. Again, like I said that is like horoscope reading to me where it's like yeah, yeah i can make it apply it's kind of vague Generic, yeah. so i'm completely aware of that you guys i i know <laughs> i'm sure people are listening like this motherfucker's getting bamboozled but hey it's fun so i enjoy it Good. whatever Before we jump into the fresh fruit this week, I wanted to just clarify one thing. I think last—not I think, but I know. You know how you ma- ma- made a mistake of that actress's name? Louis, yeah. yeah. And then Louis, after yeah. listening to it, you're like, ah, shit. But then Literally, you kept going, yeah. thinking we get caught up in conversation and we just keep going. Mm. But um last week, I talked about the politician who came out as bisexual and we talked about yes. forcibly coming out. I called him Andres Gillum. His name is Andrew Gillum. In my notes, no. I wrote it wrong. <laughs> I knew it was Andrew, and even when I was saying it— and listening, I was like, wait, I don't think that was his name. And then I Googled it, and I was like, yeah, definitely misspoke. But I just wanted to clarify that for last week's episode. If you guys were listening, you knew what I was talking about, and you guys are like, this fucking idiot. But you know what? We're not fucking CNN, okay? So get off our back. <laughs> this week, we wanted to kind of pay homage to women. As you guys know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did pass away, and mm-hmm. we kind of knew it was coming. We were really hoping that it didn't happen before this election. But it did. So we wanted to pay homage to her during this episode and kind of talk about the accomplishments she's done over the years as well as what women and femininity have done for our lives personally as male individuals before I get into some of her facts did you want to just comment on anything before we get into it I
1: mean it was like a huge day in history and it was a day like with as big of a mess as 2020 has been oh my god RBG is like one of those people like Betty White who everyone is like just protect these women like these people or figures uh, because they're they're so representative of so many things that we cannot afford to lose right now and unfortunately Mm -hmm. we did we did lose her but I did see something like in the past couple of days Where somebody was commenting on how stressful it is to lose this person, not because of what she's done, but because of what happens next. Mm -hmm. And it's such like a dishonor and disservice to everything she has done and accomplished in her lifetime to be like, oh, if only she could have held out a little longer. And it's like she held out for so long for us and like fought so hard for things that we took for granted before we lost Mm -hmm. her. But now there's there's so much attention on what comes after her death and uh, unfairly what's happening. Uh, but we'll get into that later.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, realistically, whoever gets appointed next, the Supreme Court, I feel like, has a pretty good balance for the most yeah. part. But for a I,
1: while, it was leaning a little more liberally.
0: Yeah, but yeah. now it's going more conservative, which yeah. is fine. I'm, I feel like I lean more liberal, but... I'm not here to say what's right or wrong, Mm -hmm. but realistically, whoever gets appointed in her position really can, like, change laws and lives for generations to come, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people can get affected, so this is kind of a big deal, but before we get into our topic, I just wanted to cover some of the notable achievements that she's gone through, just to let you guys know, like, these things are pretty recent. A lot of the things that she's enacted or passed or helped progress has been within the past 50 years or so, which means that a lot of people alive today have personally experienced and have the, have been impacted and continue to experience the impact of this woman's work. So I just want to acknowledge that uh, she's actually – Some woman's worth, yeah. She's really, like, impacted us immensely. And it's crazy, like you were saying, 2020 is really taken out some powerhouse people. Mm -hmm. And, like, real-life superheroes for a lot of people, um, especially from the minorities. Because, damn. (laughs) Damn, 2020 has been really doing it. But... She was part of the American Civil Liberties Union, and it's a nonprofit organization founded in 1920 to defend and preserve the individual rights and liberties granted to every person in the country by the Constitution and the laws of the United States. And her focus was pretty much equal rights, especially women's rights. And just going through some of her notable achievements, she wanted equal protection for women and men. And which that just pretty much means males cannot be preferred over females. One of the big cases was Reed versus Reed, um, a case in 1971 where a minor died and the mother wanted to be the designated administrator of the state. And even though she filed the petition first to do that in Idaho at the time, the law states that males must be preferred over females. And the Supreme Court unanimously agreed that that was not constitutional. So that was a big equal rights protection there. That was one. And then gender-based discrimination. The thing about our RBG was that she not only fought for women's rights, but men's rights too. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the backlash that she received was that she's like, Why are you fighting for men's rights? They have enough. They have enough. They have Mm -hmm. enough. But she's like, if we're going to do this correctly, we have to be equal. And realistically, I think that her end goal was more important than the minor setbacks that people saw. Right. And even though I don't personally see them as setbacks, it's easy for me to say that because now I'm on the other end of it. But going through it, I understand why people might think it's setbacks for fighting for Equal rights for men, but also if you fight for equal rights for men, it levels a playing field to be like. See, this is why it's important. And so, in this case, Ginsburg argues before the Supreme Court. In this case, was Frontiero and Richardson in 1973? When a woman in the U.S. Air Force applied for benefits for her dependent husband, she was told she had to prove he was a dependent. But on the reverse, men didn't have to prove that their wives were dependent; they just assumed that they were dependent. So the idea that Women are dependent on men, but men Mm -hmm. are dependent on women. And if they are, then they should prove it. And that just shows that that's not equal because that for sure could like the woman the woman could be the provider Mm -hmm. and so within that that shows that she's fighting for equal rights on both sides and i feel like that just strengthens her viewpoint as far as a person to be like no this is a fair game we're playing a fair fair and square argument you know and then another notable one was in 1979 ginsburg argued duran versus missouri a case in which a missouri man accused of murder argued he couldn't get a fair trial because of the law that made jury service optional for women. So women didn't Mm. have to show up for jury duty. What year was this? 1979. And the reason why the court argued this was that women had duties at home that Mm. kept them from acting on juries, right? But realistically, a woman's viewpoint and all the current reality that she brings to her view really does affect how people Mm -hmm. see what's going on. Well,
1: and what like, what a backhanded compliment to be like, Oh, if you're a woman and you have these like wifely duties or motherly duties, you can totally opt out of, you know, the, the judicial system Uh and and skip that part of your, of your responsibility as a citizen. But also at the same time, you're like silencing their point of views and their voices within a time that could be super monumental for somebody's court case. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And especially with juries, what people don't, realize I guess I didn't realize going through like my legal situation is that like you groom your jury and pick the people who you think would be on your Mm -hmm. side so... If you're assuming that a man, and it's going to be a man majority jury, you're going to assume that they're going to think a certain way. Mm -hmm. So It's just, yes, there's a whole other thing. Just trying to speed through this, but equal pay for equal work. Ginsburg joins the fight from behind the bench once she already was appointed to the Supreme Court. In the case Lynn Ledbetter and Goodyear Tire Company, where Lily Ledbetter sued her employer for what she alleged was discriminatory pay. Though she started out at the same salary as her male co-workers, by the end of their tenure at Goodyear, she made thousands less a year than other men at her job. Ledbetter claimed this was because of discriminatory Employee evaluations ensued Goodyear based on Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which holds that covered employers can't discriminate on the basis of gender and the Equal Pay Act. Okay, so then it goes further. The case hinged on whether Ledbetter had the right to sue years after the alleged discrimination took place. So they argued that she waited too long to kind of do it. And the 5-4 majority held that she didn't file her claim in a timely manner. But here's where RBG... Um, This is when she came through and was like, I'm going to save a bitch, okay? But Ginsburg and three of her colleagues disagreed. She argued that the Civil Rights Act 180-day time limit shouldn't apply in a case of discriminatory pay since gender-based discrimination can happen gradually. Mm. So they were saying that how would she have known after years and years and years to say this one incident is what kicked it off, right? A worker knows immediately if she is denied a promotion or transfer but compensation disparities, in contrast, are often hidden from sight which as recent as 2009, President Obama signed the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act, which amended the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to reset the statute of limitations on equal pay lawsuits with every single paycheck so that you can mark the progression of discrimination. And then the last thing that I just want to bring up and then we can jump into our conversation. Ginsburg stood firm on women's rights to choose in her 2016 concurrence to the whole women's health versus Heller opinion in which the court ruled that Texas cannot restrict abortion services that unduly burn women who seek an abortion. She delivered a rousing defense of a woman's rights to choose. She did so alone. No other justice signed onto her concurrence in which she wrote that many medical procedures, including childbirth, are far more dangerous than abortion and said that the Texas law restricting abortion was beyond rational belief. The law cannot survive judicial inspection. The verdict was seen as a victory for women's reproductive rights and other examples of Ginsburg's staunch defense for women and equal rights. So clearly this woman is a powerhouse woman mm-hmm. and what's crazy to me is that she was interviewed a couple times being like was Supreme Court justice always your end goal and she said no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was more of just like the path that kind of led her that direction. And to me, that is that fifth level person that we talked about in previous Mm -hmm. episodes where you're not trying to really be a person. You're just living through example and let people follow you or don't follow you. And you just fight for what you believe is morally right or wrong. And stand for that, I feel like for her, It wasn't like a political gain situation. Clearly, she changed politics. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that was her goal in the sense of like, I'm going to be the person to do this. It was like, no, I'm standing up for this. Right. I guess I will be the person to do that. Mm -hmm. Do you get the difference? And to me, I'm like, yes. That's why it's so inspiring and empowering. Because I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of bitch I want to be. Where I'm like, I just think I'm doing what's right in this moment. And what's right for me might be right for someone else. And if it affects someone else's life, great. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah.
1: Also, two quick, like, keynotes that she fought for was the right to sign a mortgage without a man and the right to have a bank account without a male cosigner. Which seems so petty and stupid. So stupid. stupid. Not like, petty and stupid. can you imagine? Yes. Someone, like, I was offended when I was told in New York that I needed a cosigner who made 40 times the rent a month. And that was, like, not a discrimination of being a man. Like, you know, like, not there was 40, no discrimination. 40, right? No, 40. 40 times? 40 times the rent a month, which in my mind, first of all,
0: I mean, this is a side tangent. Wait, question. How the fuck do you afford 40 times exactly. the rent?
1: Well, so like, I I don't, as the, as the applicant, don't have to make 40 times the rent a month, but like- Collectively? Even with five of us, even with four of us moving into the apartment, we still didn't make enough to like satisfy their needs, so- Within New York City to have a cosigner, the overall like general rule to be followed is they have to make 40 times, which in my mind, I'm like, if I'm close enough with somebody who makes 40 times this amount, I would not be living here. <laughs> like, let's start with that. But uh, sorry, with all of that side tangent aside, I was upset about that, but I couldn't imagine them being like, oh, no, you actually need a white cosigner or a female cosigner or a straight cosigner or whatever it is. Just like what you said, how common sense that sounds, like how ludicrous it sounds to to be like, oh, sorry, you're a female and your husband or your father isn't co-signing for you like you can't open a bank account you can't mm-hmm. have a mortgage like get the fuck out of here
0: and and what's two things was crazy about that one is that that's recent mm-hmm. right like
1: yeah like, that's, a thing.
0: That, that's what's crazy is like we we think this is like some far off time no. like when jesus was walking the earth like no bitch that was within the past few years mm-hmm. that that has been changed so yeah. that is how slow and unprogressive america actually is and mm-hmm. as we see now with all this racism and shit going on that it Like, America is the idea of a uh, better life, but realistically, like, we're really ass-backwards for the most part. And then, two, that just shows that, like, how we feel so volatile towards that idea of, like, oh, my God, why wouldn't a woman be able to have their own mortgage? And this is such a recent idea, but we're like, I can't believe that that had to be passed in law. That shows you how socially we are accepting all these, like, Mm -hmm. ideas of how a man or woman or sexuality or race and all that should fit within this scheme. And what we forget to think is that, like, had us been alive 50 years ago, we probably would have agreed with that idea. Mm -hmm. We probably would have been saying stuff like, well, yeah, women don't really make enough or women aren't smart because they have a Mm -hmm. period or whatever stupid ass argument that is being brought up today about why women can't be leaders or CEOs socially that that's a comment on social acceptance and Mm -hmm. social definition of how people should live and I'm like girl like we really have to take that as an example of why we should look internally and be like okay let me look at everything that I value and see if it really matches up with the greater good or something that I've been told to value Mm -hmm. you know what I mean well
1: it's it's A reminder of why even now during this global pandemic, we've seen so many women either leave the workforce or take a sidestep, at least temporarily, to watch over their kids at home Mm -hmm. who have to do schooling at home, over the men who are still at work or still, quote unquote, more responsible for taking care of and or providing for the household. And it's because women's voices were silenced up until just recently in ways that, like, We're so interwoven into like what we talk about with the BLM movement. They were interwoven so systemically within our society that like we did we wouldn't even have thought to question, Mm -hmm. you know, where, like you said, maybe if we were alive back then, our individual intent wouldn't have been to silence women or suppress women, but we're just going along with these general beliefs of like, why do you need it though? Mm -hmm. You know, instead of being like. Oh, I guess if you want it, you should have it. It's more so like just agreeing with the status quo. Right. Which are obviously like huge issues, but it's people like RBG who helped to um, like counteract those, those injustices.
0: Women have had such a big impact in my life and this feminine energy that really is like a common theme in my life really Mm -hmm. has impacted who I am today. And like my viewpoint on the world as far as compassion and understanding and empathy I want to bring up the question, just starting off with, how do you view women in your life?
1: It's interesting because when I look back at my life in terms of how women have influenced me, I know to be true that women have raised me. Like women are the reason for my identity as I know it today, because I was sort of raised, if you will, by my mom, but also my aunts and my cousins who are all more predominantly female than male. And I always, I guess, subconsciously related to them more than I did the boys, like with sports and just boy banter that I never related to. And so there was this, like what you just said, these senses of like compassion and passion and love in my life that I don't believe I would have otherwise had if I had been raised in a more male dominant um, environment. But what's interesting is once I came out and started finding myself as a gay man, that energy switched, but not really. It And the reason I say it switched is because when I look at the people who are closest to me, but more consistently on a daily basis, it's other gay men. And the reason that I say not really is because gay men, generally speaking, I'm not blanket statementing. Gay men are typically raised under that same mindset of like, falling more into the feminine guise of life and that and take on more of the feminine energies and so there's still i guess a bit of that that exists around me Mm -hmm. but i i know that the reason that i grew up and found my voice as solidly as i did is because of the women who raised me right you know
0: for me when people say women like females, the future, I 100% agree with that statement, as well as like just the the meaning behind it, because I really do believe that like, as we become a global world, it is clear and evident that relationships and communication are going to be the most the important tool to make you know, the world run and like before men were important because of that physicalness, right? Mm -hmm. Like building railroads or whatever the case is like in the industrial revolution era. But like, as far as now, we don't need that as much anymore. Like Mm -hmm. women, like machines can do a lot of the heavy lifting, all that stuff. And women now, as you see that feminine quality is what's needed to run a business, to be a good leader, to like have that like juxtaposition of like power as well as like understanding. And for me, I feel like what people hesitate to realize is that when You think of masculinity, you think of strength, Mm -hmm. and you think of um, power. Mm -hmm. And yes, those are true with masculinity, but I feel like femininity has just as much, if not more, of those qualities. And I almost feel like feminine qualities and feminine ideas take us backseat to what needs to happen or what um, people think should be the forefront as far as like making change. But I'm like, no, that's where the change lies yeah. is that feminine energy. Because I, I when I think of feminine energy, I think of strength in a different sense, not necessarily like the the actual muscle power of it all, but the strength behind like they know what's going on, but they don't need to jump in yeah. to understand like their power is just as strong. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's been such a through line throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I can't give enough praise to feminine energy and feminine qualities and women as a whole as well as girls. Because to me, when I see a strong woman succeeding, I feel like I'm succeeding. And I don't know what that is internally that makes me feel that. But I see myself more in a woman being successful than I do a man getting accolades Mm. for what he's achieved.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm thinking as you're talking about our college years – and the classes that I always related to most or found most interesting or was captivated by the most were communication studies courses, which was my major and, you know, where I took the most interest, but they were the courses led by women, mm-hmm. you know, like one of my most prominent mentors through college was a woman. And so it's interesting because that doesn't go to say that, like, I didn't take anything from the courses led by men. It just means that I, I think there's something to be said about the way in which women have had to navigate communication since the beginning of time to get anywhere close to to what they want, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, in terms of, like, what RBG had to fight for within equality for women, or gender equality, rather, they they faced so many more inherent obstacles than we could ever imagine. And even, even in terms of thinking of, like, monthly uh, menstruation cycles, I literally can't handle, like, sore throat it throws off my whole fucking system and so for like women to take on these like inherent traits of of what we've come to know as as being a woman like all the praise to you i think what's so scary about trump appointing a new justice is they're going to be more conservatively leaning and in saying that we i think majority of us fear for things like roe roe v wade You know, where it's like the women's right to choose for her own body Mm -hmm. and and things like access to birth control when there's never been a conversation about condom control,
0: condom control or birth control for men like or having a man control his dick at all in any way, shape or form.
1: It's not even an idea because if you told a man, uh, a man, we can install this like birth control device in you, but we're going to have to put it anally through and Mm -hmm. like this and that. Every single man would be like, oh, never mind. I'm good. I'll well, figure so- I'll figure something else take out.
0: Take out anally as is. Be like, we're going to put it around your dick. Because realistically, yeah. you know, all these yeah. things go inside women's vaginas. Or you have to take a pill daily. Mm-hmm. Or even fucking, like, put something in your arm to regulate yeah. your sperm count. Like, no, ma'am. Yeah. None of these men would do it. And on yeah. top of, like, saying, like, every month having a menstrual cycle. Think about if you had something as little as a monthly nosebleed. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew every month you were going to get a nosebleed for a couple of days that would be so annoying annoying. and women go through that every woman goes through that and you and they're still expected to do everything everything they're expected to
1: take care of the house they're expected to go to work they're expected to do xyz and there's no like there's no compassion when it comes to them then asking for more equality yeah you know it's like oh well why why do you need to open your own bank account Uh why do you need to own your own home and it's like, get the like, who the fuck are you to ask me those questions, yeah. first of all, or to impose those regulations on me, my life, my body, whatever. And and so it's all of that to say women have set in place like the bedrocks of places that I've desired or fought to be mm-hmm. in terms of like the characteristics or traits that I want to hold in my life, typically fall more towards what we would deem as like feminine traits mm-hmm. and qualities.
0: I mean, going forward with that same thought, like, who are some of these women figures that have impacted you?
1: My college mentor, for sure. On not only, like, an educational platform, but just from getting to know her personally as well. And that was sort of one of the first times that I had ever considered who, like, a mentor would be to me in real time. Because I look back and I'm like, oh, they were a mentor, but I Mm -hmm. didn't see them as that. I just saw them as, like, a teacher I really liked. But in getting to know her, I was like, oh, she's kind of my mentor. Like, I look to her for where she's at in life and where I want to be in my life. But more recently, I've really fallen into k-holes of interviews and uh, articles and, and, and whatnot of Ellen Pompeo. I think she is such an outspoken, dominant woman in not only entertainment, but within being socially and politically outspoken. In using her platform for good or for the betterment of equality Mm -hmm. and I respect her so much for that in terms of as a man I'll never know what it means to be her as a woman but she is a white woman and so she often talks about how she's able to use her voice as a white woman to try and help women of color right and that's sort of where i see myself is i'm gay so i don't necessarily completely associate with like the white male stereotype that we have now but i am still a white male right so like i have to figure out and learn how to use my voice to better understand and implement protections around the people that i care about Mm -hmm. and so she's like the most recent like dominant figure that i've really Taking grasp of like wanting to know more mm-hmm. about and wanting to understand sort of the way her mind works
0: for me when it comes to people who have impacted my life i can't think of one person because i feel like there's so many people mm-hmm. that have impacted me and it might have been a small gesture but it really has changed my life in general but literally now like all my close close friends always have one of feminine energy or are women mm. And that's how was, that's been a common thing throughout my entire life. I remember yeah. growing up and moving from England to Germany. Right before we were about to leave England, all my closest friends showed up to the airport to say goodbye to me. And there was mm-hmm. 24 of us. They were all girls except for one boy. <laughs> Literally all girls except yeah. for one boy. And I remember my mom being like, Brian, you need to make more boyfriends when you oh. go to Germany. Yeah, because she was she noticed like, oh, I'm probably going to be gay, which I was. <laughs> and so... That being said, like, even now, like, all my close friends that are males have a very, very heavy feminine energy. Mm. One, because a lot of us are gay. And I do have a lot of... Not a lot. I have a few close straight friends, but I still feel like they have a very feminine energy and they're more in tune with that feminine quality. Like for instance, Anthony, right? Mm. That has been on the podcast. Like he's a straight male, but he will even admit that he has a very feminine quality, been raised by his mom and has- His grandma. His grandma and had that very feminine energy. So to me, like that feminine line has really been through my life. And I bring up middle school because that's kind of where you realize you're different. Mm -hmm. And that tribe of girls that I could like, and I think this is a, a very common gay storyline is that when you're growing up as a kid, you do gravitate towards girls just because there's that safe space. And yeah. I know we use this term a lot, but that tribe had really protected me through that adolescent period of my life. Because mm-hmm. once you start realizing you're different, it is very hard. And I think that's when, like, anxiety starts setting into depression, starts setting in where you're like, oh, my God, I'm different. How can I be the person that I am when I everything around me is telling me no, 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 no. But then when you're with these tribe of women who are like, who gives a fuck or whatever, it's so empowering. So women to me have been such a big force Mm. and that feminine energy has been such a tremendous force in my life as to who I am today.
1: And women really are, at least in my experience, so inherently protective in a way that always makes me feel like I want to gravitate towards them because in a in a trying time, I know that, that support will exist in them Mm -hmm. as to where i feel like with more dominant male or masculine figures they're taught to be protective but in a way that's like teach them how to protect themselves Mm -hmm. right and i think that's fine to to help somebody understand the ways in which they're going to need to guard and harness like, their own power or yeah, whatever the case may um, be yeah but with women it's more like we're on this team together and we're going to be there for one another and men are like I'll be there for you but like you should really do the front mm-hmm. line the front line mm-hmm. fighting and i i just think that that's so important in understanding why it's necessary to have females in power or in in positions of leadership and it's because they know how to lead as a team they're not there's not this power struggle of, like, I need the most power to do nothing with other than say I have it. But, mm-hmm. like, I want to lead us together side by side, not with, like, me on top and you all kind of propping me up the way that we very inherently see with our president. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, going back to what you said about the, the futurist female, I think it's such a such a powerful statement to sort of live by right now.
0: Like the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A day a week a month a year. We bring it up for one reason put, the sins in Lately I um, like yesterday I went and got sushi and they got pressed juice and I wanted to kind of like Zen out so I like drove down to Bixby Park. I don't know if that's where it actually was, Bixby Park. I don't know. Either way, I sat under a tree and just sat there and stared at the sky for a while. And then I started reading a book. And my in-season this week for me is this actual book. I got recommended this book um, from my friend Amber. We always share books because it was her goal for the year of 2020 is to read a book every month. Mm. And she successfully has been doing that. And I feel like now she's, like, over-reading because Mm. I think she just feels so, like habitually now like okay yeah. what next what next what next and it was this thing this book called stillness is the key by ryan holiday mm. it was the book that i didn't ask for but needed okay. because i feel like i'm always trying to find what's next what's next what's next how can i feel this time how can i feel this like space that i feel like i'm missing but realistically i need to fill that space with nothingness mm. and this book has had a lot of like Insight where I don't feel like it's anything new that I didn't know, but it was in a way, they presented it in a way that I was like, oh, wait, that does make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I've really been struggling lately. And when I say struggling, I don't mean like, oh, my God, it's been on my mind. But like, it's not like a detriment kind of struggling. It's more of just like a it's been on my mind in the sense that I continually think about it. But I've really been toying with the idea of just like getting rid of social media altogether. Mm. Because realistically, when I look at what it does in my life, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fun and nice to keep up with people and see what people are doing. And it's a way to connect so that I know that I'm up to date. But realistically, like the stuff that I'm up to date with, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And not to say I don't care about the people that are posting, because clearly, I don't follow many people and the people I do are the ones that I want to kind of keep up with. But like, If I really thought, oh, I want to know what this person's up to, I would text them and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, what are you up to, right? Like, I was thinking, like, oh, I don't want to get off because my brother just had a baby. It'd be nice to see pictures of the baby once in a while, but I'm like why wouldn't i just reach out and do that and to me that'd probably be a bigger gesture to like reach out and be like hey i want to see them and i think they would appreciate me taking interest into them into their lives rather than me just waiting for them to post it because they me seeing it or not they won't know right you know and i started having all these thoughts while i was laying out in the park and this idea of stillness being like i don't need to cloud my thought into all these other realms Mm -hmm. when realistically like the big takeaway i got from therapy again was that like everything that I give out is currency, right? Mm -hmm. So my energy is currency, and I'm putting energy in things that really aren't doing anything, but taking me away from other things I could really be putting my energy in. Yeah. And um, again, like, I knew that that was the case, but I just re had this epiphany. And this book has kind of got me to that idea. And so yeah, who knows, I might be off of every form of social media, because like, six, seven years ago, I like, got off facebook and i was like i'll just do it for a month and then i never went back mm-hmm. and
1: what do you on right now
0: i'm on instagram and then tiktok but mm-hmm. i don't really i'm not i just watch tiktok yeah it's more of just to pass the time but again like why not pass the time reading a book about mm-hmm. something else or learning something mm-hmm. see there i go again trying to fill my time right but in the book it was like people worry about sitting still Because doing nothing seems wasteful, but doing nothing really gives you time to look internally, Mm -hmm. figure out why you are you, and once you figure out why you tick, those are all the answers you need, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to happiness. I'm like, girl, what am I doing? (laughs) So yeah, if you guys are interested, it's a very easy read, and I feel like... If you guys, because I know a couple people, I mentioned Buddhist Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. I know a couple people invest in that. And they were like, as soon as Robert Zapeta, right? He was like, I bought yeah. the book. But he was like, I bought it because of you guys. But some other people have reached out. And they're like, oh, my God. And then I'll like take screenshots of it and load it on my social media. And people be like, wait, what is this? And everyone yeah. that I've sent it to has like been like, oh, my God, this is such a good book. But this book as well. Thank you so much, Amber. Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. If you're interested, take a glance. You can get it off Kindle. It's very cheap. worth worth taking a look at yeah Yeah.
1: i'll keep the same theme for my in season going back to what i talked about in the fruit roll-up i really like this idea of audibles there's a couple stipulations with it but i think the reason i like it so much is i've gotten so much i've gotten so into the format of podcasts and listening to people that i like this idea of being able to hear somebody speak their own words so someone like hillary clinton or i've even thought about rebuying michelle obama's book to listen to her speak through it i like some people are like oh when i play it i i kind of like zone out that
0: would be my i i would imagine that'd be my problem but i
1: feel like i do that when i read when like i'm just reading on my yeah. own and then i always find myself going back but i think that when i tend to zone out or at least in my experience of listening so far to her book I'm zoning out because I'm thinking about what she just said and like how it applies to me. And then I'll kind of like jump back in. And luckily with her book, it's in a way that I don't feel like I have to go back, but I guess the, st- the biggest stipulation with that would be coming across a book of someone whose voice I really don't like listening to where now there's a whole book I have to like get into listening to them tell me uh, or like speak right. me through it. But for the most part, I really do like this different form of, of reading
0: I don't know if I, that's what I would hesitate is I I feel like the idea of reading keeps my brain mentally doing something. So it feels like I'm completing a task as far as like Mm. staying focused. But because like audible, it's just like words. I feel like my eyes would wander and I would get distracted. I feel like that would be kind of difficult for me. Mm. But You listen to podcasts though. That's true. That's very valid. And I love listening to podcasts So. Maybe it'd be the same situation.
1: But, and the other stipulation I was going to say is I also do like having a tangible book uh-huh. of like, and obviously I can go into my, my audible library and like see what I've been through yeah. or like gotten through. But I also still like having like a tangible proof of right. of that. Having, right. Yeah.
0: No, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, you guys, that kind of wraps up this week. I just want to give a big shout out to women, the women in our lives <laughs> And the future of feminine energy. Because, yes, I'm here for all of that. <laughs> if you liked anything that we said on this podcast episode or anything we've said previously, the best gift you can give us is share, like, rate, subscribe, listen, all of the above. If you want to reach us or follow us on Instagram, you can find us at...
1: Fruit Snacks Pod.
0: And if you want to email us, you can email us at...
1: Fruitsnackspod at gmail.com.
0: And please, you guys... Write to us. We love hearing from you guys. We mm-hmm. really do. And it really does give us insight as to what direction we are going, what's good, what's bad, as well as it really inspires us to bring up new content, which makes our job so much easier. Yeah. So please write in. Um, And I think that is pretty much it. I'm going to go enjoy this beautiful day. Same. And I hope you guys enjoy this beautiful day as well, whatever day that is that you are listening to this episode. But as for now,
1: take care. Bye.